today's reading is from Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 to 23, and this can be found on page 890 of the Church Bibles. That's Daniel 6, verses 1 to 23. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them, so the king might not not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisers and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree during the next 30 days? Anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, will be thrown into the lion's den. The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king. For the decree you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king can be, issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, 
Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. This is the word of the Lord. As we stand a prayer. Heavenly Father, we do indeed praise you for the precious Bible which has come to us from men of God and by your Holy Spirit. Please help us now as we look into one small portion of your word. Please help us to hear what you would say to us. And by your Spirit, Help us to be not only those who hear your word, but obey, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please be seated. This is a very mature sermon. I prepared it. 50 years ago. It's had a number of outings since. The last one was about six years ago. But let's see what it's got to say to us here in St. John's this morning. Now, most people around us in Britain today are not Christians. Many of them very good people and great company. But they don't believe that Christianity is true or think all religion is rather dangerous or that perhaps Christianity is our particular enthusiasm. Maybe they think that you and I are a bit odd because we go to church on Sunday. That's the kind of society that we are living in. And sometimes we can be embarrassed to admit that we belong to Jesus Christ. It's hard to talk to people about God. We know it can sometimes lead to hostility. And we don't want to lose our friends. And yet, I'm very confident that very often we've been encouraged to be witnesses. To show by our life and by our words something of the reality of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ and his dealings with us. So, this morning I'd like us to consider the Example of one of the great characters of the Old Testament, Daniel. 
What can we learn from him that matters in 21st century Cheshire? So let's look again at that familiar incident in Daniel's life and see what witness entailed for him. But before we get to the uh, den of lions, we need to ask, what was it that got Daniel into trouble in the first place? It wasn't that he was always talking about God and religion and so other people got fed up. He wasn't a bore. It wasn't... Because he didn't do certain things and folk thought him to be a bit of a killjoy. Today, some people have the idea that Christians are knee-deep in Bibles, don't do many of the ordinary things that others do, and are, generally speaking, pretty miserable. Daniel wasn't like that at all. What got Daniel into trouble was the way he did his ordinary job. He was a kind of senior administrator. The king noticed that he was very capable, that he was straight, that he did his job well. You could trust him. His word was his bond and he worked hard. There was no shirking, even though he was a foreigner and owed no particular loyalty to the king. The king was so pleased with him that he planned to promote him still further to a job which I guess in modern terms would be a sort of head of the civil service. Daniel's witness to his love for God was clearly demonstrated in the way that he set about his ordinary work. It was in the kind of person he was seen to be by other people. So when promotion was in prospect, others were jealous. They sought some means to get him out of the way. Daniel 6 verse 4, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. There's office politics, 6th century BC style. What's changed? If we are Christians, one of the main ways we can witness to others is by the way we set about the ordinary things we have to do day by day. 
We aren't all civil servants. We're not all brain boxes. But we can all be witnesses. True faith leads to more than going to church and enjoying the fellowship of other Christians. It's more than a matter of having wonderful experiences of the love of God. It is seen in the way we live day by day. Have you heard about that lady who's got a a little poster in her kitchen above the sink and it says, Divine service performed here three times daily. And um, you see, witness is about the kind of parents we are, the kind of children we are, if we've got a job in the kind of employees or employers we are. It is seen in the way we react to the different circumstances we are in. If we're Christians, We will witness by our commitment to playing hard but playing fair in sport. If we are Christians, we witness by our care for those who are often neglected, the less attractive people in the neighbourhood. People are not going to take what we say about Christ seriously. If they see us as lazy, disagreeable and aloof. Some people love to find Christians who don't seem to come up to the mark. They level the charge of hypocrite and are glad to do so. Because if our lives don't show that Jesus makes a difference, they don't need to bother listening to what we have to say. So there's a lot of witnessing before we've even opened our mouths. And the remarkable thing is that when Daniel's enemies wanted to trip him up, they could find no fault with his daily life. The only way they could get at him was through his faith. Could that be said of you and me? We will find no fault if we, in this person, if we look at the way they bring up their children, at the way they treat their parents, at the way they do their job. No, if we're going to get at them, we will have to do it through their attitude to God. We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Daniel believed because he had heard God's word and because God the Holy Spirit had opened his mind and heart to understand and believe. And his faith was clearly demonstrated in his daily work. Could the same be said of your life and mine? Now, let's be quite clear. 
Daniel was not perfect. He shared with the rest of humankind faults, failures, sins. But his relationship with God shone through the life he led. And as a result of Daniel's witness, the king was pleased with him, but the other top officials were angry. And we know what those who were against Daniel did. They got the king to make a law against praying. Verse 7. The royal royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Once the document was signed, the pressure was on Daniel. Royal decrees had to be obeyed or else. I wonder what you would have been done, would have done, if you'd have been faced with Daniel's situation then. I thought about it. Come on, let's be honest. Um, Well, I might have uh, thought, oh, right, okay, well, it's only 30 days. I'll just pray secretly. Nobody will ever know. Um, I can go to one of the inner rooms in the house. Nobody will know. Or, um, uh, I could even have said, well, it's only 30 days. I'll suspend prayer just for a month. God will still be there. Daniel's response was quite remarkable. Verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. That's the key. It wasn't blind panic. He made a habit of praying like that. Just as we need to develop habits of prayer. Prayer Maintaining his relationship with God was top priority for Daniel. What relationship in your life, in my life, is the top priority? Sometimes being a Christian can be really tough. Sometimes we face situations which require courage and determination. Situations where with God's help we need to draw on and act on. 
what we believe. We are told here that when the pressure was on Daniel, he stood his ground. He continued as before. He kept up his prayers. He kept contact with the God of his life. And he even did it as he had done before, publicly. Now I'm sure that one of the things Daniel did was to look back. He thought like this, God has been with me in the past. God has helped me through different situations, some of them really tough. He's not changed, so he'll be with me now. These men may want to get rid of me, but the Lord is concerned for me. And not only are we told that uh, he uh, prayed... But surprise, surprise, he gave thanks. Do we give thanks when life's tough? I find that hard. Was Daniel a masochist who relished the idea of being dinner for a lion? Of course not. He was ordinary flesh and blood like you and me. In the time of trial, he looked back and he stood back to see the full picture. And there was something to be thankful for. God was there and God loved him. My dear friends, some of you, for all sorts of different reasons, are going through difficult times. You face hardships. I plead with you to remember as Daniel did when the pressure was on him. I plead with you to continue to hold on to the fact that God is there and God loves his people. He believed, Daniel, that God could be trusted, so he continued to pray and to thank the God who is still on the throne. Faith can be comparatively easy when things go well in our lives. It's easy to thank God when our lives go smoothly, but God doesn't always keep trouble from our door. He doesn't spare his people from the ups and the downs of life. Indeed, those who believe sometimes have a rougher time than, than those who are ignorant and careless when it comes to the things of God. God permits his children to be tested and tried and to be witnesses to him in those circumstances. And it is at these times that the reality of our faith is proved. It is at these times we need to remember that if we 
we need to remember who we are. That if we have faith in Christ, we are among God's family. God's chosen people. It's at these times we need to go back to the cross of the Lord Jesus. He loves us so much. He gave his all. He died for us. He took the penalty for all our sins and blemishes. So what is our reaction when things go wrong? When things are hard? Well, often we ask ourselves, so to speak, well, what have I done to deserve this? Sometimes we just rebel. Faith clings to the truth. Faith looks up just as Daniel did. And it's at times like this that we especially value the fellowship of other Christians, their prayers and their counsel. We need the fellowship of God's people. The church is not a good club to belong to. It is part of God's life support system to keep us going in our relationship with him. To keep us going in being the people that he made us to be. There's a wonderful ending to this story as we know. The king was brought to realise that for all his power, he was subject to a, great, a far greater power, that of Almighty God. He, the king, had the power to commit people to die a horrible death. God had the power to rescue and give life. Daniel's concern was that God was honoured. Verse 20. 21, sorry. O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They've not hurt me. Because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Because he had trusted in his God. Now, we don't know whether Daniel expected deliverance in this very remarkable way. What we do know is that he trusted in his God. Faith, says the letter to the Hebrews, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Daniel had that kind of faith. 
a faith which came not from himself, but from God. And it was a faith inspired by God's Spirit. Dear friends, our concern, yours and mine, should be to help to encourage one another to have a faith like Daniel's. So that we believe and come to witness to the reality of things unseen as Daniel did so long ago. Both in the ordinary, everyday things and in the times of pressure. Daniel lived about 600 years, I think, before Christ came into the world and before the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. We are able to see things and understand things which Daniel couldn't. We look back to the Lord Jesus dying on the cross and rising again for our salvation. It is done. All that is necessary for us to have peace with God has been accomplished in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit given to encourage us, to guide us, to embolden us as we witness day by day to the reality of the Lord God. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Let us pray. Father, we are challenged and encouraged by this incident in the life of Daniel. We earnestly pray that you would help us both in our everyday lives, the ordinary things of each day, and in the times of pressure and crisis. You would help us to witness to the reality of yourself and of your love as Daniel did all those years ago. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.